Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, y'all, and welcome to another episode of Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I have something really special in store for you today. I know you've probably heard me talk about our podcast uh, community that we have here at Ivy Media Podcast. If you haven't, well, that's what we do here is we have a community now, and we have some shows that are coming out this fall that we think you would love. You love the happy hour. You've been here for a while. So we want to tell you about some other shows that we believe in, that we're partnering with, and then we want you to get a little taste of, and then we want you to go over and listen to their entire podcast collection. So today I have a really special show that I want to share with you, and it's called Steel Coloring with Tony Collier. This show launched at the end of July, and it was a joy to work with Tony on this in the spring as she planned out this show. And I met Tony a couple of years ago uh, at uh, IF Gathering. We were both hosting uh, the IF Local event, and I knew that there was something about special about Tony like the minute I met her. She is disarming. Uh, she is brilliant once you get to know her. I'm not saying you don't know that at first, but you get to know her. You have a conversation with her. She's brilliant. She has the most beautiful light coming out of her for Jesus, and she has a beautiful story of taken. Things that were broken, things that the world um, gave to her, choices she made, and she has turned her life into something beautiful, not by her own accord, as awesome as she is, but because Jesus has been such a catalyst in her life. And this first season of Still Coloring is, is entitled Brave Enough to be Broken, and she talks to some amazing guests on this season. Uh, but we want to give you an episode right now for you to listen to. And in this Still Coloring po- podcast, Tony invites you to lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show you how they rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Tony hopes that you would be inspired, poured into, and walk away believing that you too can create something beautiful with your life no matter what. The greatest thing about today is that Tony and I are actually together. Uh, we're in a, a really amazing, I don't know how I got invited group uh, where we have a confessional community and we meet together once a year and today is the day that we are getting together. And so you're going to get to hear this podcast, and I'm going to get to see my friend. So it's a wonderful day. All right, you guys, here is a preview and a sneak peek of what's going on at the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. Hey, fam. Welcome to the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier. I am your host, Tony Collier. And each series, we lean into the stories of women and men that uncover their brokenness and practically show us all how they've rebuilt their lives with hope and grit. Come on. Come on. Let's lean in. Well, I got to say this. I am beyond myself excited for what's getting ready to go down, okay? This is episode one, hello somebody, of the Still Coloring Podcast with Tony Collier, which is my own self that I'm introducing right now, which also cracks me up. And as I was processing and praying about doing a podcast, honestly, just in general, I was like, man, I really just don't want to put myself out there because I could really fail. And I'm a three on the Enneagram and I don't want to fail. And I was like, Lord, would you just please help me? I want to do a podcast. I want to use my voice to tell really hard stories and to find hope and grit in the middle of it. Help me. And lo and behold, he created someone named Jamie Ivey, the podcast guru. 
she was like, well, girl, guess what? I am launching a podcast network. Come on over and hang Get out with us. Get your tail over here. And I said, absolutely. It was the easiest yes I have ever said. And it has been the easiest process. And it's been so good. And so here I am with my very first guest on my very first podcast, Jamie Ivy. This is so exciting. I it am is. so excited for you for a couple of reasons. One, you're my friend. And so I'm so excited that you, my friend is doing something they want to do. And second, I'm so excited that you trusted us to help you. Absolutely. It's been an amazing, amazing journey already. And I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's do this. Let's do this, baby. Okay, listen, here's what happened. I said, I really need to get down to the nitty gritty of Jamie Ivy, you know? Mm, mm. And so I Googled you. All right. So like after real, we were friends? After we were friends. Oh, okay. I just know you as like Jamie Ivy. Mm-hmm. Like this is just my friend. This yeah. is Jamie. Yeah. But then I said, sis is a whole author and a speaker. Oh, okay. You. This is real life out here. One of the things that I did not get to be a part of was your very first book mm-hmm. that you launched. Because mm-hmm. I found you afterwards. Yeah. And I'm, I'm scrolling through Google and I'm finding all these incredible things about you. And Jamie, this book... It, it, it kind of was the thing that said, man, oh, this is why we connect so much. Mm. This is an incredible book. If only you knew. But here's the, the subject. I just want to get the subline pop in here. My unlikely, unavoidable story of becoming free. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's this podcast. Yeah. It's telling the hard things, being honest about our stories and finding true freedom in that. Um, and so I think I'm just going to dive right in. Yeah. And Jamie, let's get down to some hard stuff. Your if only you knew story. What was it? What was the moment in your life? You know, I grew up going to church my whole life. And so I don't know if your listeners are Christians or not, but just put in my position, I just grew up in church my whole life. Yeah. And I think a lot of people find themselves there. They're like, oh, we go to church. It's what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I grow on Sundays. And so I grew up going to church my whole life and when I was 16, I started having sex and I ended up um, getting pregnant in college. And so for me growing up in church, I knew that having sex was wrong, but there was this weird thing. And it's hard to explain that getting pregnant was like the worst thing, even though I'd been sexually active for years. And so um, I ended up falling in love with Jesus when I was 21 Mm. and my life completely changed. But then I married a pastor. Come on. And I just got into this point in my life where I believed a lie mm. that if people actually knew things I'd done, things Ooh. I've said, experience I'd been through, yep. hardships I'd endured, things I brought on myself, yep. uh, that they would disqualify me mm. from being married to a pastor, which saying those words out now, I'm like 25 years removed from this. Yeah. And it just feels like this is not okay. And yeah. I don't want anyone to ever think this, but I truly felt those things. Yeah early on in our marriage. And so my kind of story is just like, if you knew these things about me, what would you think about me? And what I've come to find out, which you do so well in everything you do, is that it is when we talk about these things that we actually know someone better and we trust them more and we create a bond that's deeper than if you never knew parts of my story. Yeah. And I think we miss out on that. And so that, that whole like unlikely, unavoidable, it's almost like God wasn't going to let me not go through not just go through that but kind of work myself into a way where I believed that I was not the summation of things I had done like that was not my identity and so I had to go on this whole journey and it was hard and it was difficult yeah but there's freedom on the other side of that which is the end of that subtitle is there's freedom yeah absolutely here's what I love about what you said number one 
It's the connection piece. I think sometimes we get so bottled up in assuming that people aren't going to connect with us mm. because of our brokenness that we hide it. And I think we inadvertently miss out on connection. 100%. Because you're right. Like our friendship was like, oh, I see. You're mm -hmm. crazy too. Mm -hmm. You've got some stuff too. Yeah. You've processed through some things. And people can really see that and tell. I think the other thing I want to lean into really quickly is this idea that we will be discounted because mm -hmm. of our brokenness, because of our stories. I want you to talk a little bit about that. You married a pastor. I did as well. Uh -huh. Okay. Look at us. I know those sweet, sweet, pure men, I tell you. Um, and I just can imagine that maybe it was a little hard for you at first mm -hmm. to be married to, okay, a pastor. Oh my yeah. gosh, what did, what did that look like for you? What were some of the struggles you had? Yeah. It wasn't even that Aaron was a pastor. Cause I mean, we were like 22 years <laughs> old. Like he was like a student minister. We were both in college, yeah. but also Aaron, you said we both married these pure, sweet little old men. It's true. Like Aaron had never even kissed anyone before me. So I was his first kiss mm. and I was like, okay, I have zero first love for you. Like literally. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe zero marriage could count. I mean, yeah. but I just felt like I don't mm. even add up to what you deserve. And mm. so I had to go through a lot of, am I worthy to even be married to this man? Wow. And the thing is, when I think about all of this, like, you know, here 25 years removed, like yeah. I said, it is so anti-gospel to think any of those things. Absolutely. It is not what Jesus has in store for his Absolutely. church. Absolutely. For me and you, Tony, to think, oh, I don't know if we're qualified to do this. Mm. Because the truth is we know is that like, no one's actually fully qualified yeah. except for Jesus himself. Absolutely. Okay. So like, let's just all get, we all get the same playing field. Yeah. And so Jesus uses his, you know, his um, purity yeah. to allow us to have access to God. And what that actually means is like, God is always in the business of using broken Come people. Come on somebody. And so when me, Mary and Aaron and um, realizing and having to journey through that was yeah. like, there wasn't a better option for Aaron because mm. I am the best option because God isn't going to, it doesn't matter that I hadn't saved myself, you know, wow. my virginity for him or whatever it might be because God is the redeemer. Come on. And there was no perfect per. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Come like on. we're both broken. Yeah. And the thing also that I want to say too, that Aaron and always says when Aaron and I are together and we tell this story is like, Aaron didn't have this like outward sexual yeah. sin, but addicted to pornography yeah what's the difference i mean you know yeah but the world really and the church can say like oh well we can't see his mm. and you could hide it more me getting pregnant in college that's a visible sign of yeah. someone who's actively sinning that's really good um it's so funny because first of all i love aaron and i think y'all are just the cutest we okay do love each other y'all love each other so much and and i gotta be honest man that's something that we connect on i I just, Sam was just so pure. I was like, I, I mean, always just like, are you sure? Are you sure <laughs> right? this is what you want? Because I'm a little wild, mm -hmm. okay? And I probably still got some wild tendencies. But what's beautiful, and I remember someone told me this. They said, um, you know, you, you got to start realizing that, that Jesus is also using the people around you mm. to show you his love for you. Mm. And I mean, Ann Voskamp says this, our friend Ann, like Sam was like Jesus with skin mm -hmm. on for me. Mm -hmm. And and you say this quote, I love it so much. You said, well, God didn't choose you and then find out about yeah. all your mistakes. Yeah. He had already chosen you. Yep. And sometimes I think about that, like with our husbands, mm -hmm. like, no, he really does like yeah, love my little crazy behind. Let and me it's tell okay. you a story about Aaron. Oh, please. Come on. So uh, when Aaron and I started dating and I found out that he hadn't kissed anybody, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, dang it. I'm so sorry about this, but I got a few things I got to fill you in on. And so on our first date, I said, um, 
I have some things that are pretty hard in my past, mm. but I'm real scared to tell you. And so I don't feel ready to tell you. Okay. And he said, okay, you can tell me when you're ready. Oh. And I always look back at that and I would have never said that. I would have been like, okay, I just go ahead and tell me now. You need to lay it out. You need to lay it all you need out. To go ahead and lay it out. Because I'm going to be thinking like, you done killed somebody. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is it. This He's is, a murderer. Yeah, this is it. Okay. That's me. He said, you can tell me whenever you're ready. So that would have been like December. So January, February, March, April. Wow. I'm just praying. And I'm like, God, will you just tell me when's the right time? Because yeah. I'm super scared. I felt super insecure. Here yeah. I am bringing all this sexual baggage to the table with my husband who has never kissed anyone. And I just yeah. thought, we well, don't equal. Like, he, there's mm. no reason that he'll want to keep dating me. And so I'm praying, 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 God, two things. Tell me when I'm supposed to say this. And will you prepare his heart? Like, will you prepare him to hear mm. that? I mean, I don't know. He's never date, never kissed anyone. What if his dream girl is this pure girl just like yeah. him? You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, which side note, he always says he knew I wasn't pure because he saw me when I walked into the church <laughs> two years earlier. He said, oh, that's <laughs> not the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not pure that's Patty not here. That's not pure Patty. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we were down um, at a beach in Texas. Yeah. We were taking some seniors down there. He was a student pastor and it was like a senior trip. And one night we were on the beach and Aaron had led a night in worship and then we did communion mm. and everyone had left and I was still sitting there just like praying and like I could hear the water. Like I could still remember this. Mm. And I really just like felt God say, tonight mm. is the night that you're going to tell him. <gasps> and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Like I'm going to lay it all out. Mm. Which side note, had it gone poorly, I would have had to get <laughs> myself a ride back to Houston from the beach. But. I said, okay, and um, Aaron came down to find me, and he sat down across from me on the beach, mm. and I still remember this, Tony, and we held hands, and I said, That's I'm good. ready to tell you, and he said, okay, and so I told him everything, I mean, mm. everything, and I was just so sure that I was too much, Yeah. And he said, he said to me, he looked at me and he said, you have nothing to be ashamed of. That's oh. not the Jamie that I know. And you know how you said, Anne says about Sam in that moment, I felt like Aaron was this physical representation of the yeah. way Jesus looks at me. Come on. Jamie. You don't have anything to be ashamed of. Yeah. Like that's not who you are. You're a, you're a daughter. You're a, you're a, you know, a, an heir to the kingdom. Like you yeah. are a new creation. And Aaron's not God by any means, but yeah. I felt that love and acceptance. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was like, oh, okay, good. Let's get married tomorrow. Because okay, so, because <laughs> uh, I, I know maybe some other people won't think about me like that. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and strap this in <laughs> exactly. right now. Okay. Exactly. Um, and so it was just beautiful. Oh, uh, that's good. That relationship Thank journey. Listen, if you're listening right now, you cannot see this, but there is a very sweet presence in the room. Mm -hmm. And there's maybe just a few little tears yeah. coming from Jamie. And that was a long time ago. And I know it was so long ago, uh -huh. but here's why I think there's emotions welling up in the room. I just don't think redemption gets old. Mm. I don't think it does. I think when we look back at our stories of just shame and fear and brokenness and pain and anxiety and all the different things that we're carrying and when someone looks us in the eye and says you're still worthy of love yeah. and belonging yeah we don't we don't lose the impact of that jamie here's what i just want to move to really quickly the truth is the reason why that impacted you is one because the love of your life said it to mm -hmm. you 
But it's what you said. It's that also it was a reminder that that is how mm-hmm. our Father in Heaven looks at us. Here's a quote that you said. I love it. It says that we don't, we shouldn't, or we we don't need to hide from the mess that we've been through because when we do that, then we also hide from the redemption yeah. that God has for us. Mm-hmm. Jamie, I mean, this is 25 plus years ago, mm-hmm. okay? Like you, there were some things that you walked through. Yeah. There was some redemption seasons. Can you just maybe talk about a time where redemption came into your story mm. and you processed through it? Yeah. You know, the thing I, I want to make clear is that like this is 25 years ago yeah. and, and I'm still undone about it. Not around. Yeah. And I can talk about it really freely yeah. because it is like it's been processed. It's yeah. been done, all those things. But I need everyone to know. I know Tony would say the same thing. I don't want to put words in her mouth. Yeah. There are plenty of things that you and myself are processing right now within Absolutely. our real life people. Yep. That you're not going to hear on a podcast right now. Yep. So I just want everyone to know that like 25 years ago and then you're done. No, 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 no. 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 It is yep. a continual processing of things with redemption. That's good. Um, you know, when I was um, in college, I had a relationship that was, um, I was hurt super bad yeah. um, by someone that I loved really, really dearly. Mm. And um, that was hard for me because I wanted to offer forgiveness immediately, but I had to walk through a process of giving that forgiveness. Yeah. And so that redemption for me wasn't like a personal thing that I had done, but it was something that was done to me, which yeah. is a lot of people's stories. Yeah. Um, and so walking through that, I had to really allow the Lord to show me that I wasn't better than them mm. in like a, just like a, I mean, I hadn't hurt them like they had hurt me, but there was this opportunity to say like, okay, I got some stuff in my life too. And I've hurt people before as well. And so I don't want to hold this over them forever and ever and ever. And so that redemption that the Lord had to do in me was of showing me, hey, you need to forgive and you need to show grace. And and Mm -hmm. side note here, I want to say this. Forgiveness doesn't equal reconciliation. Come on, somebody. Lisa Turker says that. Thank you. Um, And so, but then this process, in this particular instance, there was reconciliation. It was great. But I still had to walk through this season of the Lord bringing redemption to the relationship because it didn't happen overnight. And it shouldn't happen overnight. 100%. If you've been hurt by somebody. What I think is really beautiful about what you just said, Jamie, is that we are all on this continual journey. Mm -hmm. And Kurt Thompson says this a lot as well. Like we're not just in a valley, right? Like we don't just have a moment Mm -hmm. of brokenness in our stories, in our lives. But instead, there is just this windy path of valleys and mountains and mm. you think you've arrived and you're like, whoop, up, up, up. Yep. We got this other thing that we have to heal from. How do you keep going? Mm. How do you man- maintain grit? I mean, we're talking about 25 years here. There's probably some other stuff in a your lot. story uh-huh. that we could process through. We yeah. just don't have a lot enough time. Mm-hmm. But how do you keep the grit? How do you keep hope alive? You know, I recently went through some counseling where I had to do a trauma egg. Oh, I just, <laughs> when you said it, my pit started to Me sweat. Too. I was, don't want to talk about it. It was an uncomfortable situation yeah, that I absolutely. don't want to do again, but it's very beneficial. Yeah. And so the reason I say this, because I looked at this, like you draw this egg on a piece uh-huh. of paper and you put oh, all yeah. your trauma in it. It's super fun, guys. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and I remember as I looked at it, I thought, man, that's some hard stuff. Yeah. You know, and that's some really hard, difficult things. But as I also looked at it, I was like, man, I do trust and believe that God was with me in those things. That's good. And you mentioned the valleys and the mountains. And I think that is what's helpful when as followers of Jesus, we're able to go, God, you're with me in the valley and you're with Mm. me on the mountaintop. Isn't that a Maverick song? Or I love you. (laughs) What is that? Or an elevation song? You've seen you move. 
I don't know. No, I made that it. up. <laughs> you move the mountains, <laughs> and I believe. But he's also with us in the hills and the valleys. There really is a song like that. Okay, um, but I think that was really cool for me to look and see. Like, okay, I see all these things on this egg. That's good. And I actually see God where you have redeemed. I actually see where mm. you have done this. So that's the first thing is looking back and seeing that. I think the second thing, and this is like, uh, I might cry again. Come on, let's get it. Is walking through things with people. Ugh. And um, yeah. I've I've walked through some things in the past year yeah. that have been really difficult. Yeah. And privately, my private people know. Yeah. Uh, publicly it's not like I'm just it's my business that is it's unexplainable yeah to say what that means yeah and how that helps Mm -hmm. to be in a room with people and and say things out loud that you might be embarrassed of you might be scared of you might think I know this is wrong I'm gonna say it anyways yeah um and then to be loved and to be cherished and to be cheered and not just like, oh, we believe in you, but like, yeah. we really think you're going to make it to the other side. Oh. And um, that mm. is what I hope everyone has. Yeah. But it's hard work, but it's important work. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love what you're saying. For those of you listening, to to dive a little deeper for you here, it. Sometimes you really do need someone to look at you and say you're going to make it Mm -hmm. when you don't believe it yourself. Yeah. You've got this. Mm -hmm. You've seen the other side. And even people to be reminders for you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think we're processing through so much trauma and pain. I mean, it does a work on our brains, on our memories, on our hearts. And sometimes we actually forget like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you're having a hard week Mm -hmm. this week, but remember how hard last month was Mm -hmm. you were clawing for 30 days trying to get out of this mess and now you're just having a few bad Mm -hmm. days and when we have that connection you're right like it it is there is no words for it i'm trying to find them but they're not there and it is that act of saying i'm going to become so very vulnerable with you yep not that you can be like all right jamie like I'm put, pull you up by your bootstraps. You can do yep, this. Absolutely. But so that you can see the innermost parts of me mm. and then you can speak into them. I mean, yep. I'm sure Dr. Thompson says something about what, how good that is, <laughs> Kurt. Um, but so you can see yeah. the innermost parts of me because mm. when I feel seen, I feel loved. Yeah. And I feel like I can do this because I'm not alone. This is really good. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I just have a feeling that there's someone listening that's like, Okay, well, that's easy for y'all to say. Mm-hmm. All right, you got all these people, thousands mm-hmm. of followers. It's easy for you to find and cultivate community, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that's kind of a myth. It I actually myth. think it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that, Jamie. Like, how difficult is it to find people that you can really go deep with, tell your story with, actually trust, um, and find healing in that? Mm-hmm. It's so hard for a couple of reasons. Number one, everyone that's listening, including you and I, have been burdened by people misusing our trust. Yep. It's happened to all of us. Mm-hmm. There's no one that's listening that's going to be like, man, <laughs> I got friends that have loved me the, well the whole time. The whole I've time. never been hurt. Yeah. Everyone has been hurt. Yeah. And so then it makes us think like, I don't want to do this. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I got hurt before. Yeah. Um, which makes it difficult. The second thing is, is um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work to to lay it out there. And so yeah. for me personally, my personality type is I don't need a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I need yeah. very few friends. And that is just how I'm wired. Yeah. 
because if I'm going to give myself to yeah. somebody, it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, yeah. a lot of emotional investment. Um, and so I think that's something that's hard because mm. people don't understand it as, as well as it takes a lot of work. I don't yeah. think that's every personality type though. I think sure. that would be something that is Yeah, me. like me, I'm like, I have 50 million friends, yay. <laughs> Let's all go deep. Oh, well, that makes <laughs> me very anxious. <laughs> and you're like, no, ma'am, I have, uh, I can count them on a hand. Yeah. That's about it. But I'll say, I mean, one thing that I, that's been so good for me this past year is Tony and I do this regularly yeah. where we get to you know, go deep with a couple other ladies. And when I walked into that at the beginning of that journey, yeah. I was really scared sure. because I was like, you go through your head and you're like, am I going to really say, tell them everything? Because yeah. this person over here, she probably didn't have anything to say because her life looks perfect. Yep. And then what we have found is like mm. everyone is dealing with brokenness. Yeah. Everyone. Ooh, come and on. And it doesn't matter where you are on that journey. Like you said, this is a whole long journey. Yep. You've done so much work, Tony, that I love watching. I've done work as well. And yet we're still dealing with stuff today. Yeah, absolutely. That we're going to have to walk through. And so just also knowing like there's nobody in yeah. this world, in your church and community that's not hurting right now. Mm. Nobody. That's Even if so you're good. on the mountaintop. Uh. You know what happens on the mountaintop sometimes? It mm. rains. Because you're close to those rain clouds. Good job. <laughs> you have no covering on the mountaintops. <laughs> you have nothing. What, you in the valley, you get, wet? get under a rock or something. That's really good. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, is like we hurt. All, we're just humans. Yeah. And so brokenness is inev inevitable in every season of our life. Yeah. You know, I like to call that the pain comparison trap. Oh. Hello, somebody. Yep. Have you fallen into the pain comparison <laughs> trap? Okay. <laughs> Write that down yep. as you're listening. But. It's true. We we do and we do it in opposite ways too. We do it as in the oh man, I mean they've been through so much. Mm -hmm. They probably have a, a lot more grit than I do. Yeah. They've got more hope. Like I don't need to tell my story. Right. Or we do it because we we ratchet, mm -hmm. okay? And we be like, mm, "Girl, mm -hmm. you see how much she went through. Yep. She a little crazy." Yep. And we think that we're better than or we're more equipped to deal with pain. So we get into this pain comparison trap. Um, and then there's two ways out of that. You either do what you said, which is, man, they're just so much. I'm just going to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Like I shouldn't tell my story or you project that guilt onto someone else and you try to become their savior. Ugh. And woo, I'm just saying for the ladies out there, yeah. I just think we do that a whole bunch. Yeah. yeah. Jamie, how have you, I mean, th this whole, this season is called brave enough to be broken. Yeah. How do you fight through that and still choose bravery? How do you show up? I think it's something that you said earlier, which I apparently wrote in a book years ago. <laughs> it's been a long time, y'all. Well. About um, when we hide our brokenness, we hide God's glory. Mm. And so for me, you know, That's good. being a Christian for since I was 21, so for 23 years and um, really, really being an, an advocate for mm. women being vulnerable with each other for the past 10 years. For me, it's like I've seen the goodness that comes on the other side yeah. of walking through that brave, the being brave in your brokenness. Yeah. Because it's actually doesn't mean I'm awesome. It always means that Jesus is awesome. Come on. Because I can't be awesome enough to walk through that brokenness. I, I have to have Jesus. Yeah. And um, for you and I who do stuff in the public. Yeah. We are vulnerable for sure. Yeah. But I've already said this. We're both going through things. That's nobody's business behind a it's microphone. It's not your business. But we have friends who are walking through it. But my point is we get to bring whatever vulnerability we want to bring to the table to That's help really good. people. Yeah. And um, I remember years ago, I mean, probably 10, 15 years ago, I was writing a blog 
back when I used to blog all the time, you know, oh, before podcasts. We all blog. I know. And it was like 30 letters to my younger self or something like mm. that. And I told some of my story for the first time wow. in this blog. And I hit send, super nervous. Like, I'm, all my close friends knew my story because I'm not secretive about it with people I do life with. Sure. But this was the first time in the internet world. Ooh. And I hit send and just was like, kind of closed my eyes and put the computer down and thought, Ooh. Jesus, please do something with that do or something. else I'm just going to crawl under a <laughs> bed and never come out. And a woman from my church emailed me. And I tell the story all the time because it's so good. A woman yeah. from my church emailed me. And she said, um, I had an abortion when I was in college. Oh, and nobody knows. Mm. Not even my my husband, the father of my four children. Nobody knows. Oh, come on. And she said, I think if you can share your story oh. and show how God has walked you through it, then I can as well. Mm. And I think I pinpoint that moment to when yep. I said... God, I'll I'll do anything yeah. so that people know that you have not abandoned them in their worst moments. Come on. That you have not abandoned them in their brokenness because you use our brokenness. Gosh, that's good. To show the gospel. There's no gospel without our brokenness. I love that. And so we get to show a world that God uses yeah. broken people. It's what you're whole do with your ministry. Broken crayons, yeah. still color. I mean, that is what God does is he helps people still color even when they feel broken. I love that. Um and I think you're so right, Jamie. It's, it, but there is something about what what you're saying. I mean, the, not lots of people don't do this. It's easy for us to get on a mic and take all the glory. Mm -hmm. It's easy for us to have a platform with followers and say, look at us, I've healed, I signed up for this thing, I was brave enough to show up to a group, I'm doing my thing. It's another layer, I think, to say, no way, all of this is happening because of God. Mm. I'm pointing back to God. Now. I don't know if this is a part of your story, but a part of my story was it, it was very difficult to point back to God in the beginning mm. because, I mean, when painful things happen, when you go through abuse, when you when you have really hard parts of your story, you kind of get distant from God. Mm -hmm. For some of us, we get distant because we, we think he's ashamed of us. For others of us, we get distant because we're angry at him mm. and we're like, I cannot believe you allowed this to happen. Mm. Was there ever a moment in your relationship with Jesus where you struggled with that tension a little bit? And how did you find your way back to proclaiming a redemptive God? Uh, I'll be honest with you. Once I started following him, mm -hmm. so not when I was acting like a Christian for all those uh -oh, years. Because that's a different story. Like, okay. Acting like a Christian. Okay. Going to church, president of FCA, yep. saying all the words, wow. but my life not you know, looking like that at all. Yep. But then when I got saved at 21, um, my thing was never feeling like, um, like I needed to like, like I, I always felt like God loved me. Yeah. I felt like he, this is so dumb what I'm about to say, but I, I love felt it. like he might've wished he would have chosen somebody else. Oh, Jamie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes back to, do I really believe that God knew all about me? Mm. And the answer is yes. I do actually believe that in a headspace. Wow. But my heart felt like God must be disappointed that oh. this is what he has to work with. Right? It's sad. Oh, I got teary. But I think a lot of people might, like, I have disappointed God. And so that yeah. was kind of where I came from. I also was just like, I was like, I can't believe that God would love somebody like me. And mm. I believe that he did. And yeah. I just the whole time was just like, I don't deserve this. Wow. 
which is the truth of the gospel. Like none of us do deserve this love. It is like overflowing by the grace and mercy of God that we have the love. And so there's truth to that, but that's not where we stay. No, we stay in proclaiming that he does love us in spite of who we are. Mm. And he loves us in spite of what we've done. How do you get out of that? How do you get to the point where you're reminding yourself, and maybe it's not like an arrival Mm -hmm. thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's like, no, this is what I drift to. How do you pull yourself back in? You know, for me, it was, I had to choose, I'm going to believe what God says about me. Mm. And again, that sounds easier said than done, but that's a process. It could be lifelong for some people. Like, I'm not saying there's never moments where I don't think these things again. But then I have to choose to believe either this is real or this is a, a lie. Yeah. So either everything God says about me is real or I should go back to being wretched because why would I, why, why do I need both? Why am I here? No, exactly. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Like if I'm going to sit here in this, like, does he, does he not? Yeah. Then this isn't real. Wow. The reality of the gospel is what you have to sit in and believe. And it Mm. is overwhelming and it is crazy. And it is like, I cannot believe that I get to be in this relationship with a God like this. Um, And so I just had to say like, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe this. Yeah. I really am. I, I'm going to give you a practical tip. Come I, on, let's do it. I didn't do this, but my girlfriend, I, I was in a Bible study with her a couple of years ago and we're sitting there and we're talking about how we believe lies, which yeah. we all do. All yeah. of us today, oh, yeah. tomorrow we will. Yesterday we did. We all will. We have to fight it. And she pulled out these note cards and they were on a little three ring binder thing. I like, yeah. you know, the little, oh, the little small ones. Yeah, yeah. The ring. She flipped her cards around and these things were torn and, and like she used these things. <laughs> and on one side of the card, it had the lie that she believes. Oh. I am dirty and not worthy. God mm. could never love me. Whatever. Fill in your lie that you believe. And on yeah. the backside, it had a true statement and a verse to follow Come it up. on. And for her, she was like, this is my lifeline. Because these thoughts come into my head every single day. I love that. And so wherever she is, it's in her person. You can pull it out. Boom. Read the lie on the flip side. Read the true statement and the verse that goes with it. And... I just always think about her pulling that out in the Bible study. And I was Mm. like, that's what it looks like to fight unbelief. Come on. That's what it looks like to fight. I'm not going to believe those things that that Satan tries to tell me that I am. And I I have thought about that forever and have Bible verses written on my computer. You know, they're like, I'm going to remind myself of who I am. I love that. I was just about to ask for some practical tips, but Lord, I think you just (laughs) laid it right on out. Write it out. Like, who am I? Yeah. Write it out. Absolutely. I think that um, lies are words. Mm. And we just have to replace those words yeah. with, with the truth. That's good. With the actual yeah. truth because it's just lies. Jamie, we have to end our time. And I don't want to. I love you, Tony. I'm so proud of because you. Because I love this so much. This podcast is going to be such a beautiful resource to people. Oh, we need, we need this in the world. Okay, can you do me two favors? Tell me. Okay. I think there may be someone that's listening that really... The, the the statement that you said that really got me was like, man, I, I think God's really disappointed that this mm. is who he has to work with. And I felt that so deeply in my story. Um, and then you wake up and you realize, man, he does his best work mm-hmm. in the broken. Yeah. But I, I would just love for you to give her some encouragement, her or him, mm-hmm. and then pray us out. Mm. Love to. Yeah. First, the encouragement about the disappointment is mm. um, here's the thing as like a parent, you and I are both parents. You don't have to be a parent to understand this because we all love people. Yeah. And there's this relationship between someone that you really, really love, whether that's mm. a child, a niece, um, a spouse, is that you would 
go to the ends of the earth for them. Yeah. You would do anything for them. Yep. Like anything for them. And the parent-child ex- example is like they could mess up and mess up and mess yep. up. And you just continue, continue to continue. Mm. And I just think when I think about someone feeling so disappointed in God mm. is that one of the most foundational beliefs is that God sent his son to the earth for us. Come on. That's like basic 101 Christianity. Yeah. You learned that in like kindergarten <laughs> Sunday school. Right. That God loved the world that he sent his son. Yeah. And my thing is like, God is not making the greatest sacrifice anyone can make because he's disappointed in us. Mm. He is making that sacrifice because he loves us. Because he loves you is the reason that he made that sacrifice. Mm. And so when you're feeling like I am a disappointment, you are not a disappointment to God. Mm. Like he loves you. He pursues you and he wants you. Um, So I'll pray for us. Yeah. Oh, God, we thank you for sending Jesus, like it says in John 3, you sent your son into the world, um, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. Mm. And God, so often we feel like we deserve to be condemned. And theologically, sure, yes, we deserve it, but that's why you gave us Jesus. You gave us Jesus to be that sacrifice for us. You gave us Jesus so that we could come to you and you could see us as the daughter that we are, the son that we are. So God, I just ask that you would um, be with the people who are listening to our voices right now um, and you will gently remind them, whether that be through through your scripture, through a mentor in their life, um, yeah. through a song, through a prayer time, um, how much you genuinely love them how much you genuinely desire to use them. God, thank you um, that you do not only use perfect people because that would be none of us. And I thank you that you use broken people. I thank you that you've used um, Tony in my life. And I thank you that you have used my life to impact the world mm. for the gospel in, in my little corner of a podcast world. Um, and God, we're just grateful. We're grateful that you love us. We're grateful that you're never done with us, that we are yeah. not do- too much for you. We're not too little, that you are um, you are the God who loves his people and uses them. So God, would you equip us? Would you equip us to um, to be brave in our brokenness? Would you equip us to, to use our stories, not to bring um, spotlight on ourselves, but to bring spotlight on Jesus, to bring a spotlight yes, towards the gospel? That's what we want to be used for. Mm. Um, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. <gasps> Amen. Jamie Ivy. We cried and we laughed and we brought hope to people. And that's really, really cool. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Tony. Episode one, baby. Woo! Okay, I told you that you would love it. Love it, love it, love it. You guys, make sure you check out all of the episodes at Still Color and Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You do not want to miss one single episode of this season. I promise you, you do not want to miss out. Go find it wherever you listen to shows. Subscribe, and Tony would love it if you would leave her a rating or a review, or even better, both. And tell your friends about this show. They're going to love it as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. 
And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. The show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. <laughs>